Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. He posts his thirst traps in a leather-bound album. His DMs have postage. He gets the early bird special anytime he wants. If you call him, he'll answer the phone. He doesn't have gray hair. He has wisdom highlights. Florida wants to retire and move to him. He's Gary. And I'm your first golden bachelor. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Today is Friday, which means we got a big episode of Twibbon for you this week in Bachelor Nation. So much has been happening within the nation. We're going to cover it all. We got that golden bachelor. You heard him announcing himself in our opening clip today. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. I'm from Indiana. My name is Gary, and I'm your first golden bachelor. He's from Indiana? That's where he lives. Are you serious? Oh, yay. Do you know that song? No. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, oh, not Louisiana, Paris, France, or even Rome. Yeah. But Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, my home sweet home. That's from uh, Music Man, the musical. Yeah. I don't know if he's from Gary. I don't know if he's Gary from Gary, Indiana. But I mean, he's Gary from Indiana. That's all you need. God, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, but we're going to be getting to that. We're going to be covering that a little more in depth in the news, of course. And we're going to have all those gains for you. We're going to have all those screams. We're going to have all those parasocial plays. And we're going to have uh, an interesting state of the game. But before we get to any of it, we got to tell you, there is a new Courtney Robertson after reality episode that is out this week. It just came out on Wednesday. She is interviewing Deanna Pappas Stagliano. Um and that interview was covered by People Magazine. So you can find coverage of it online, but I highly recommend listening to this. They discuss one Michael Fleiss and what this man was like back when Deanna Pappas was Bachelorette in season four of Bachelorette. Early era. Early Fleiss. Unleashed. I mean, legit unleashed. Unfettered. No governor on anything no he was governor. doing or saying. The man was running wild. And clearly now he has been tamed and removed from the program, um, which is has been great. I got to say, look, I we talked about this a little bit last week. I'm sure we're going to talk about it forever because this is a significant change to the show, to our beloved mm-hmm. game. The removal of Fleiss, I am now becoming more and more convinced. The creator. Yes, the creator of the show. I'm now becoming more and more convinced. It is the reason why Charity Lawson's season is so good. I think he was the poison in the well, and I think the producers that were aligned closely with him were also the poison in that well. (laughs) There was a lot of poison. There's a well full of poison, and now it's been sucked dry and replenished with beautiful, beautiful, 
crystal clear waters. I don't know about that, but they're <laughs> they're certainly not as poisonous. They might be murky still, but they're not as poisonous. Uh, certainly not all problems with our beloved game are fixed, but one of the, the biggest ones seems to have been fixed. We're going to continue watching charity season and see if that pans out to be true. But this interview is, I think Courtney Robertson's best interview. She's done. Oh, for sure. It is so good. They talk all about her divorce, which is to the, the twin of another player from our beloved game, the Stagliano boys. And you have to just, you have to subscribe to after reality. It's just she's got yeah. a slate coming up that is unbelievable and she's getting better and better. And we're very, very proud to be a part of this. Absolutely. And we're also proud of our brand new shirts that are out. All of the logos for the parasocial teams or the first four of them uh, are out now. You can get New York City influence shirts and hats. You can get L.A. Icon shirts and hats. You can get Nashville Sliders shirts and hats. You can get that old San Diego crew. Shirts and hats. Am I leaving out any? Chicago clout. Shirts and hats. Five. <laughs> I've been wearing that hat, that San Diego crew hat, everywhere. Oh. I just got to Minnesota and I'm wearing it everywhere, tricking everyone. They nice. think I'm part of the San Diego crew. They don't know I'm secretly an LA icon. doesn't matter what team you're from. You can show support to other teams. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but anyway, that's all available on gameofroses.co if you want to go check it out now. But that it, that is it. That uh, concludes our business. Now, Pace Case, let's do what we came here to do. This is Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. Okay. Now, we've talked a lot about how the game is changing before our very eyes with this current season that is mind-blowingly good. They have not just made small incremental improvements. They have drastically improved the way they're presenting the show. Uh, I don't think the, the casting has changed much, but yeah, it's it's the tone. It's the way they're presenting it. It's the way they're treating the players, villains and leads alike, both being presented as likable, fun people. And something interesting has happened, I believe, as a result of this. Normally, we talk about ratings in gains. We're going to talk about them here in State of the game. So this past Monday, The Bachelorette, you might have heard of it, at 9 p.m. on ABC, scored a point four in the demo with 2 million total viewers. This was up from last week, a point three eight, Or sorry, point three six last week, which was up from the week prior, a point two seven. And then the, the season premiere was a 0.35. Now, traditionally, the season premiere and the finale score the two highest. Sometimes fantasy suites mm -hmm. or hometowns can sneak in there as well. But what you generally see is a massive fall off. You generally see the premiere comes out and then it just starts dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Starts going down until playoffs, maybe. Exactly. What you're seeing with charity season is something different. You are seeing a season premiere at a 0.35. The following week, a 0.27. The next week, 0.36. And then last week was a 0.38. She is gaining numbers in the demo. And I believe this has something to do with the current state of the game, which is they moved it back to its original fucking time slot. <laughs> ABC, what? everybody was fucking... I know. Everybody was fucking... Mid-season? <laughs> yeah, a mid-season fucking move. This will sometimes happen... Um, they, of course, started this season. They put The Bachelorette at 9 p.m. Um, no one liked this. 
Everyone was fucking mm-hmm. pissed off. Apparently, people were boycotting, saying they were going to boycott the show because of the time slot, which I was yeah. not aware of. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of that. But it seemed like it was a move to almost just like throw it in the trash to say, ah, fuck it. It'll get like some minimum number and that'll be good enough for our our later time slot. But here what's happened is the producers are turning in a quality fucking product again. And because of that, the ratings are going up. And because of that, they moved it back. They're switching the the show that had the Bachelorette's time slot, Claim to Fame, another reality game show type thing, uh, was in the 8 p.m. time slot. Now they're switching them. So Claim to Fame is going to get the later slot. Bachelor's moving up. I'm happy. I love this. Yes, I am very happy as well. I, it, it really, to me, indicates that the network understands the show is good and they're willing to put it in that premiere slot again. I mean, it's all money. They, they get higher ad dollars in that time slot than they do the later one. So they're seeing growth with charity season and they see much more potential to make money off of that. Whereas if you look at claim to fame, it's kind of flatlined. It's getting roughly the same number every week, dwindling a little bit, and it's not putting on new audience. Charity is putting mm-hmm. on new audience. I mean, Clues, <laughs> we talked about it before we were recording, but I feel like Opto 2023 has worked. Yeah, We literally are getting the best season we've had in so many years. It's being recognized for that it, by this change in the time slot back. And I just feel like... <laughs> more excited about this franchise than I have Mm. in a minute. And it's like, I agree. It's even in a way where I don't think I was, I didn't want to really admit how bad it had gotten. I agree. And like how, and my own attitude about it. And now I'm just like, I cannot wait for the next episode. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I just want to really hit the nail on the head here with this time change back. This isn't Mm -hmm. just like, a a weird little cosmetic thing like, oh, let's see what happens because they're really fucking claim to fame. This essentially is going to kill claim to fame because claim Mm -hmm. to fame is a one hour show. Bachelor is two. So when they do this uh, time switch, claim to fame isn't moving an hour later. It's moving two hours later to 10 p.m. It is a dead show. In my opinion, there is no way that will maintain an audience. There's absolutely no way because there's not. I don't think there are any way. I'm sure there are a few, but I don't think there's a significant number of people who are like tuning into this block like, oh, God, it's the ABC 8 to 11 p.m. reality block. (laughs) Nobody's tuning in for that. You know what I'm saying? You have people who like claim to fame and you have people who like Bachelorette. The Bachelorette fans Mm -hmm. will follow that fucking show wherever it goes. I don't know if claim to fame has an audience that's that, uh, you know, glued to what they're doing and certainly 10 p.m. from 8 p.m. That two hour shift, I think, will murder the show. So. To me, this yeah. means that ABC is like, they're all exiting Bachelorette because they see what Ooh. they've got here, you know? Ooh, they options opened, claim yes. to fame. Exactly. I Look, what you're saying about the fourth audience, I think also cannot be understated. The <laughs> And us included, the fandom of The Bachelor is so strong that it has been able to withstand this <laughs> the slope, the the, yeah. the pit that the ratings have been in. 
um, for the last few seasons and, and following it anywhere, following it to whatever night of the week it's on, rearranging their watch schedules, et cetera. I just hope that this is a permanent move. I hope that it just like, is like, this is the bachelor's time slot period. I mean, from what everything I've read, yeah, it, it is a permanent move. It's going back to 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern or 8 p.m. 7 Central, sorry, is uh, the correct time slot. So I think for the foreseeable future, for the rest of the season, I think it's going to be this way. That's why I'm able to watch it at the same time as you. What's up? on earlier Central. Yeah. I'm in the Central time now, in the Heartland. Oh, nice. In the Heartland, Minnesota. That's Michelle Youngtown. Oh, I'm looking out for her everywhere I go. Now, in addition to this, we've also got, and we're going to be covering this in news, the Golden Bachelor's coming. I mean, I don't want to call 2023, which I know we called up to 2023. I don't want to exactly call it this yet. I don't want to use this term, but I'm going to say this term, and I'm going to leave it here. Okay. Okay? (laughs) We might be entering... Um, the, the Renaissance, Renaissance era. I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm simply saying it. I'm not yet. Clues. Yes. You didn't. Yes. I'm sim- again, simply saying it. I'm not officially categorizing this as the Renaissance mm. era, but I'm simply saying it from at least these first episodes of charity season and the excitement about golden bachelor. It feels like we may be entering that phase. I mean, Imagine like all of the the prior products that our beloved game has has come out with the spinoffs. You had Winter Games, which was like eh, nobody really gave a fuck. You had Listen to Your Heart, not good. Uh, even if you go back in in history, Bachelor Pad arguably was the precursor to a Paradise, and Paradise is very good. Obviously, that was the one spinoff product that has like withstood the test of time. Uh, even if it has dwindled in the past couple of years. And maybe that will be better too. I'm very curious to see what happens in Paradise. Mm-hmm. But I just think there is so much good happening right now in our beloved game. It's hard to not see it as the Renaissance. It's hard to not see it mm-hmm. as uh, a kind of reawakening of the franchise, a repositioning yeah. of it in a way that is more aligned with what it really is with like that golden era of it that was around Sean Lowe that was arguably in like from there to maybe season, let's say 21 of the bachelor <laughs> 22. I think season 23 is, is where it, it started to kind of crack into this. You think like, it was the fence jump. The yeah, fence jump broke it, broke it. I, I think the fence jump put in producers minds. Like this is what we have to build every season to, psychologically destroying our lead and and somehow forcing them to try and flee the production. I think they got that in their mind, but I mean, that season was a good season. It was a fun one to watch. Hard to watch now. Pete's season was good. Yeah, that was as well, but had some of those darker tones. At any rate, I just feel like Opto 2023 has worked at least this far. I just have never felt in recent times this like happy and excited by all the shit that is going on in our beloved game. And this time change means that it's not just us. There are metrics Mm -hmm. that a billion dollar corporate greed machine is using (laughs) to determine we need to put this shit back at 8 PM, which is a good sign. The money is lining up. Follow the money. 
And you hear that, everyone? Manifestation clues has arrived. Manifestation <laughs> girly. Manifestation clues. You better fucking hold on to your goddamn hat because my screams from the pit got to do with some manifestation clues. That is for fucking okay. sure. <laughs> Everything that you are teasing in this episode, I'm like, okay, what do you... I guess I'll hold my hat. I don't know yeah. what's coming. I feel unprepared. You, you truly don't know what's coming. Um, I didn't know what was coming. Well, stay the game uh, posterior. Didn't you want to say something about aliens? I mean, this isn't state of the game. This is more of like state of humanity, I suppose. But... Um, state of the world? Yeah, state of the world. Yeah. There's some alien shit popping right the fuck off now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much to say about this. I don't want to fucking go into a whole hour long podcast, but let's just say mm -hmm. legislation is currently being uh, written by Chuck Schumer to allow whistleblowers to come forward and to have all of this information that the Senate has had in closed door hearings from whistleblowers in the Navy, the CIA, the Air Force, blah, 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 to make all this Game shit public. Roses. Game of <laughs> Exactly. Um, and one of the things that is rumored to exist is a crystal clear video of a UFO landing on a United States Air Force base. Um, there's supposedly is evidence of United States government working in conjunction with aliens, multiple species. All of this shit is coming out. Multiple. From, yeah. From multiple uh, sources now are saying all of this. And it's not like official record yet, but everybody's saying like, this is the shit that's about to come out in the next couple of years. That <laughs> we're not alone. And we haven't been alone for a long time. And the United States government has been working with these aliens and lying to the world for 80 years about it. We're Cheers. in the Renaissance era of Bachelorette and aliens. Indeed. I can't wait to have an alien on our podcast and ask them what they think about Charity Blossom season. And is it truly the Renaissance era? Time will tell. <laughs> I wonder what they're going to have to say. I, I hope they've they've gotten this piece of our culture. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Uh, at any rate, thank you for joining us for State of the Game. That's where we're at. Shit's real good and looking better. And that show that we love so much has moved back to its original time slot. They gave it the fucking respect again. And there's some there's some uh, parasocial plays by our lead that we're gonna get to that I cannot wait to talk about and I feel like are part of this renaissance. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to shortchange Charity in any of this. A lot of the success of this season is due to her. She's yes. one of the best fucking Bachelorettes I've ever, ever seen. And yes. to know that last season as a player, she was so fucking diminished in her edit and the way they presented her that I had no idea this is who she is. Now we get to see her as no Bachelorette. Idea. It's mind-blowing. It just it shows that it's not the casting. Yes, exactly. Exactly. She was cast last season. Yeah. The casting is good. You got to know how to present these fucking players, though. You got to know how to produce them. It's almost like you have to know how to make a TV show. You got to be good at job? So far, yeah. So far, these current producers very good at job. But uh, that's the state of the game. Now, let's move on to that portion of our program in which we discuss... This week in... Games. All right, we talked about the uh, ratings up top there in State of the Game. So we're just going to go straight into the Instagram and TikTok numbers. 
This week, Charity herself gained 7K for a total of 137K Instagram followers and 700 for a total of 17.5K TikTok followers. Still need to get these numbers up. Hopefully, the Renaissance era mm-hmm. will deliver. I think it will. I think we're going to have a renaissance of the numbers as well. Let's talk about those Instagram gains for the rookie players. Coming in first, eyeball player Joey Grazia Day gained 7.7K for a total of 28.3K. In the number two position, possible dwab ender John Baresh gained 5.6K for a total of 12.8K. Dotton gained 3.3K for a total of 7.4K. I would also like to issue an apology. We have been mispronouncing Dotton's name as Doton, and that is our bad. We understand now. We will pronounce it Dotton. In the fourth spot, PhD PTC player Xavier Bonner gained 2.2K for a total of 6.2K. And rounding out that top five, future girl dad Tanner Cortad gained 2.1K for a total of 9.2K. And so the top five overall Instagram chart is as follows. In first position, Joey Grazia Day takes that top spot with 28.3K. P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P is still in second place despite no longer being in our beloved game with 12.9K. These fucking numbers. How is this? This is insane. Third spot is John Beresh. They're disgusting. With 12.8K, they're disgusting. Your Instagram follower count is fucking disgusting. I'm like, I don't even want to write them. You know, it's just like fourth place goes to our swan song earring player, Braden Bowers with 11.7K 11. K, 11. followers. And rounding out the top five is Caleb Ballgard with 8.8K followers. Now for that top five TikTok chart. It's not any better. <laughs> First place, Christopher Spell, 174.1K. He was the professional jumper. So that makes some sense. I, Whenever I look at this final TikTok chart, I'm like, how the fuck does that go? Oh, yeah, he was the jumper. Oh, yeah, jumper, Christopher. Second place is PP, 30.5K. Third place, Caleb Ballgard, 21.6K. Fourth place, Khalid Hassan, 6.6K. And Sean McLaughlin rounds out the top five with 952 followers. I mean, that fifth spot is truly up for grabs. You just need to make one video. I'm just going to say this. Renaissance, this is Renaissance Clues speaking to you now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Producers, if you can hear the sound of my Renaissance Cluesian voice, you've done such a good job with this season. Uh, you've done virtually everything so that we've suggested. Um, yeah. And we think you're really... You're back on the game. Whoever you've got in the positions you've got now, keep them doing what they're doing. Your Instagram is also much better. Your social media is much better. However, Mm -hmm. there is still one thing missing. The full embrace of the importance of social media in the game itself. You need to allow players to talk about Instagram and to show off their Instagrams in a very public way. You need to help support them in that. Tag them in all your photos. Make... Have them have conversations about that being a part of this in a way that is not automatically for the wrong reasons. It mm-hmm. can be done. Plenty of other shows do it. Uh, you, you, All the time. You see literally in the fucking the reunion of, of Love is Blind when uh, Zach was literally said into a fucking camera, go look at my Instagram, you know? It can be done. 
And I, I think you need to do that. Love Island, they show everyone's numbers right at the beginning. Because it's not just about making the show. It's about engaging your audience with the stars from your show on a consistent basis so that your fans aren't just tuning in Monday nights. They're, I mean, this is how we do it anyway. Talking about the shit people are doing all week. <laughs> I'm living the lifestyle. I mean, let's be real. You know, We want to make pit lifestyle a thing that you're engaging with it every day of the week. You know what also could help with that? Perhaps, I don't know if this is too opto 2023, but perhaps we let the players go on all podcasts. Yes, and we'll be happy to help you in that endeavor. It does seem like they might be loosening up a little bit around that, though. I remember Charity, what was it, last week or the week before, posted that people should listen to Game of Roses. That's something I literally never thought would happen. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate, let's try and get these numbers up. Even though the show is great, these numbers are not, obviously. These are the worst numbers I think we've seen since, I don't know, since we started doing this show for sure. Since ever. Yeah. And go follow Charity first. Absolutely. Let's get her up to a million somehow. I mean, I know Somehow. I don't believe the audience of Game of Roses. I don't believe the pit is big enough to do that single handedly. <laughs> you don't think one billion listeners is enough to do it? Oh, that's why we got shit. I hadn't seen the new numbers. Um, but we thank everybody for for, uh, you know, doing what they can in support of all these players. We just would love to see them with higher numbers mm-hmm. because it supports the game. And speaking of supporting the game, let's move on to discussing all of those beautiful tids from our beloved game. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, the Golden Bachelor has been revealed... Gary Turner, a 71-year-old grandfather from Indiana, will star as ABC's first ever senior citizen leading man when he searches for love on television this fall. Turner is described by the network as a charming 71-year-old patriarch who will show that love stories only get better with age. A retired restauranteur and doting father and grandfather, Jerry lives in his dream house on a beautiful lake in Indiana. He's often busy hosting barbecues, playing pickleball, cheering on his favorite Chicago sports teams, like the clout, and four-wheeling, and spending time with friends and family at restaurants and local haunts. I called the pickleball thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. I can't wait to see Thank this you. man in grocery talking to each other about pickleball, <laughs> local haunts, tastes like restaurant. He kind of sounds like grocery. Uh, Turner married his high school sweetheart, Tony. In 1974, they lived a happy life together for 43 years with their two daughters, Angie and Jenny, and later their two granddaughters, Charlie and Peyton. Sadly, Tony suddenly fell ill and died in 2017. Six years after her passing and with the support of his family, Turner is now ready to find love again. Jerry did his promotional duties on Bachelor Happy Hour this week where he said of his late wife, I think she would be very pleased. I have a picture of her in my walk-in closet, so every night I'm in there, I see her picture. It's the only one now that I have in the house, and in the mornings, I see her picture, and, you know, we talk. I'll make a brief comment. Oh, God, I'm going to cry. Or sometimes... You want me to handle this one? Yeah. (laughs) 
Sorry, Pace Case. Pace Case, the Golden Bachelor already fucking got you feeling some type of way and it hasn't even aired yet. That's how good this man is at promotion. Uh, he said, <laughs> I see her picture and you know we talk. I'll make a brief comment or sometimes that talk is silent. But here lately, in the last couple of months, you know, my question for her is always, so what do you think of this? Am I doing the right thing? And I really have strong, positive feelings about it. I think she would be very happy. We can't wait to see what Gary brings to the table and if his performance, along with the players of his season, will warrant a season two or perhaps, if you can imagine this, in the renaissance era of our beloved game, a golden bachelorette. I think that's coming. We better get a golden bachelorette. I think these people are going to be superstars. From this season? Yes. God, that's going to be so good. Shoot, how I don't even know how we're gonna be covering all, all the deluge of content that's coming out this fall. Like, but good lord, I can't believe I'm just crying talking about the promo. I know <laughs> you're just reading a quote. I know. <laughs> he also said, uh, usually I only do this for the deceased dog posts. Yeah. Um, he also said he's the first golden bachelor, so yeah. he's already promoting it as a age-long show. Well, they wrote that promotion, though. That's the show saying we have plans to make this a franchise, right. basically. I can't wait. I think the show wrote all, all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Up next in Bachelor Nation news, The Beast is back. Hannah Brown launched her new podcast, Better Tomorrow, with Hannah Brown this week, and it is an immediate success. The debut episode, which came out on Thursday, landed her show at number two in the iTunes health and fitness category and at number 22 across all categories. Our very own dark seeker, Grace Ann Parks, attended Hannah's launch party and is currently traveling, but she will be here next week for State of the Game to deliver her firsthand account of the party and rubbing elbows with the beast and... Caitlin Bristow, who was in attendance as well. We love to see the nation's podcast space growing, especially with a new podcast from the all-time Instagram champion. Congrats, Hannah Beast. Can't wait to see what you do with this show. It's on YouTube as well, by the way. Oh, video format. Yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine that she is not successful with this because she is she's so charismatic. I can't believe she hasn't already had a podcast and she has the largest platform. She's got 2.7 million. 2.7? Yeah. Oh Instagram my followers. Tom. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t shirt does exist and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing no nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. 
If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off-season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Up next in Bachelor Nation News, Grocery and Serenier revealed that they talked to Becca Kufrin and Thomas Jacobs in the midst of the hosting shakeup on the only official Bachelor Nation podcast still standing, Bachelor Happy Hour. Grocery told Us Weekly, eh, when we were <laughs> offered the happy hour, eh, we're friends with Becca and her fiance Thomas. You know, they're invited to our wedding. So I had called Becca and just kind of let her know And I think she had heard and she honestly said nothing but nice things. We get along. And I was just kind of like, this is the situation. And she was happy for me and happy for Serenia. And I know Tamis expressed his feelings online. 
I don't know, Gregory. I really think that you were a night one guy. I feel like it probably should have been someone who was, I don't know, had the most total roses or something. But Hey, you got your know. own podcast empire to handle, Nink. <laughs> News broke in June that Becca... 33, who has been working on Happy Hour since 2020, and Michelle, 30, who joined her in 2022, were out as the co-hosts. Becca is currently expecting her first child with Thomas, a.k.a. Big Body Trash Can, who declared via Instagram stories that the couple would not be tuning in to Charity Lawson's season 20 of The Bachelorette. Thomas also replied to a fan who commented wishing Becca and Michelle could have said goodbye, especially since Becca has been doing the podcast for so long, writing... Yeah, we would have liked that too. There is oh, so much bad blood Sauce. between uh, Thomas Jacobs, Big Body Trash Can, and Becca Kufrin, and their only Tropical Royale. As a couple, there is so much bad blood between them and the producers, the show. At this point, it's unfucking real. And Becca Kufrin gave so much to that fucking franchise. It's yeah. unreal that they treated her this way. I, it really is is staggering. Five years of her life. Hosting Bachelor Live on stage. Uh, however many cities they did in that round. One of the most dramatic finales of all time. And then they just canceled Bachelor Live on stage. They kicked her off happy hour. Fuck you very much. Um, but hopefully again, Renaissance era, hopefully this isn't going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the people they got in charge of happy hour are also some of the people that are on Charity Lawson season producing and Hopefully, they understand the value of these legacy players. Becca Kufrin, and by extension at this point, Big Body, they will both be forever incredibly important to this game. Mm -hmm. She's your only tropical royale. Mm -hmm. They are a couple from within the dating pool. Granted, she didn't meet Big Body on her season as Bachelorette, but she met him on Paradise, and they now have a Bachelor baby, or, mm -hmm. or on the way, you know? A pre-baby. They're beyond royalty. They are. I'm hoping Bachelor Renaissance uh, will cultivate those relationships as opposed to burning all of the bridges <laughs> that <agree>. exist. <laughs> Up next in Bachelor Nation news, the Bachelorette season 11 ring winner, Sean Booth, a.k.a. the other guy, is going to be a father. Five years after his engagement to Caitlin Bristow ended, Sean Booth announced on his podcast, in the booth that he has sired a human child. <laughs> booth said December 12th, <laughs> sired. Baby Booth on the way. It's happening. I'm going to be a father. The mother is somebody who I've been close to, close with for years. We've had a relationship and we've dated. This just isn't some random girl I met at Honky Tonk Central. <laughs> this is a big surprise for the both of us. To be open and honest, this wasn't something that was planned, but it will be and is the most beautiful surprise I've ever had in my life, and it's going to be very special. I can't wait. I'm ready. I'm 37 years old. I've always wanted to be a dad. Booth didn't mention the name of the mother-to-be, but he said he's hopeful she will come on the podcast soon if she's up for it. He also revealed that she is 18 weeks along, and they aren't finding out the sex of the baby until the birth. Congrats to the man who refused to call Nick Vial by his name for almost half of Bachelorette season 11. Oh, wait. <laughs> Nick Vial is the other guy. Yes. Yeah. Nick Vial is the other guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Congrats, though, to Sean Booth. This was big news, of course. And uh, we hope that we, we get to hear more about it on his podcast as well. I'm liking his podcast. It's not like the strongest podcast, 
But I like getting to hear from him again. He was one of the most interesting mm-hmm. players in that era of Bachelor, like by far. He's obviously a ring winner. And uh, it's fun to just kind of hear him talk about stuff. I'm, I'm hopeful this is part of Renaissance. Is like some people who have not had podcasts and were in the game a long time ago, Sean Booth, Hannah Brown, Courtney Robertson, and they're all rising to the top. I agree. Let's go. And finally, Bachelor Nation news. The rumors about season 25 Bachelor Matt James and his ring winner Rachel Kirkconnell breaking up are not true. At least that's what James Kirkconnell are saying. The New York City influence all-stars and maybe LA icons. We don't know if they've moved to LA or not. That was also a rumor. But as of now, they recently shut down uh, all speculation that they've broken up while attending an event in New York to promote their SpawnCon partnership with Halo top rival Baskin Robbins. <laughs> James even went so far as to offer an explanation to fans who felt like they had been MIA from each other's social media pages. He said, I think everybody needs to take a break from social media. Our lives are lived so much in front of our phones that when anybody steps out of being on their phone 24-7, people think it's the end of the world. But it's honestly the best time for people to rejuvenate and enjoy summer. Skydiving survivor Rachel Kirkconnell (laughs) added, I think that we do a lot of things together and it's important for us to also be able to do things separately as well. I hope that people can love us both as a couple, but also individually and support things that we do together and also things that we do on our own. Because I think that's where a lot of people freak out about is they're not seeing us together 24-7. So it seems that at least for now, there is still one incredible thing that was able to rise from the ashes of the dumpster fire that was Bachelor Season 25, and that is this relationship. And this is another thing that I'm saying about like the legacy of this fucking show. Mm-hmm. This is an important fucking couple. He's your first black Bachelor ever, and he's still with his ring winner. I know there's a racism scandal. I know it took out Chris Harrison. I know Kirkconnell was at the the heart of that. But forgive and move on if possible because this couple is still fucking together. If they wind up getting married, if they wind up being together for the rest of their lives, in spite of everything that happened in season 25, these two fucking people found each other through this goddamn process. Against all odds. (laughs) I, uh, you know who also I think just celebrated two years was, um, the paradise couple that got shunned from sand, Alana and Chris Conran, Alana Milne, Chris Conran, Chris Conran and Alana Milne. You know who else is fucking still together? Brandon Marais and Piper James. Oh, Bren- <laughs> Both of the couples that got run off of paradise are still fucking going strong and they don't acknowledge that now. This is something that I've thought about to some degree. This new, let's call them the Renaissance era producers. Do they Uh disavow those prior seasons? Are they like, fuck all that shit that's behind us. We don't even want to mention it or think about it. Or are they willing to go back and kind of revise the way that those players have been treated and bring them back into the fold, embrace their success, bring them back to host dates on, on sand or something. I, I mean, just like, the way that all of these players have been uh, ostracized by the franchise as a whole, I think is wrong. They're important players. Chief among them, I mean, I know we're talking about Alana Milne and Chris Conran and, and uh, Piper James and Brennan Rice, but Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell are incredibly important. Bachelor and ring winner. <laughs> but even just beyond Bachelor, Matt James is the first black Bachelor. That, for this franchise, 
That's one of the most important moments in the history of the show. Will forever be. And he is with the woman that won the ring in that season, even after the breakup on the after the final rose and the antebellum ball scandal, even after all of it, they're still together. Mm -hmm. That has to be embraced by the franchise. And the way I would do it, if I was the franchise, I would have a a special, some kind of addendum mm. as um, maybe it's tacked on to the end of an after the final or probably at the end of a women to all or men to all something. Or maybe even you do it as its own special. And maybe it even only airs online. I'm not sure. But you bring back all these couples. You end it with Matt James and Rachel Corconnell as kind of the the marquee couple that you want to talk to. And you literally mm -hmm. have one of the new producers, whoever the face of your show is going to be, maybe even use DLP, have them apologize to all of these players. Apologize. Yeah. A formal apology issued to them. Bring them back into the fold. Then you bring them on the group dates to host. Then you have them showing up in the after the final rows as the new royalty. All that shit. It needs to be done. I was going to say, because I feel like maybe not the paradise couples, but Matt J James is like done with the franchise. Yes. So I think that's the only way you could get him back. Yeah. I want to see a formal public apology. Apologize to Michelle Young for not addressing the Eric Schwer thing when they that's how they got her in that room. You know what? If you're listening, producers, have me on. Um, <laughs> I will write for you the apologies that DLP needs to make to all the leads and probably like the top four finalists and everybody on Paradise from March 2020 to now. Uh-huh. One by yeah, one. I think they all get in a long line and we do it in chronological order. First apology goes to Claire Crawley. Claire, we're so sorry about <laughs> how we made you handle the first half of Bachelor at Season 16. <laughs> DLP Dark touches them while he does it. <laughs> <laughs> DLP, by the way, has not yet issued a Dark Touch. I've been watching very closely. He's never done one. What do you mean? He's never done Didn't a Dark he Touch. Did you do one? I thought, he, I thought he did one for um, last week. He doesn't touch him. He just stands there. He stands next to them. Well, maybe this is this is the moment to utilize that. I watch very closely for this. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's apologized for the franchise before for things yeah. that were before his time. Yeah. Before his time hosting, rather. TLP apology tour. I would watch it. The ratings will be huge. They send him <laughs> to each of the cities. He shows up at their house unexpectedly, knocks on the door. Claire, could yeah. I come in for a second? I'm really sorry about Dark Lord Harrison and how they ruined your fucking life during the course of that season. And here's a gift for your new baby. Yeah, exactly. But that wraps up all the um, news that's fit to print. Now we're going to move on and discuss all those plays that our favorite players are making off the season on their telephones. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. Season 20 rookie Sean McLaughlin used an Instagram reel to do a play-by-play -play of his previous week's game on charity season, including what he thought would be the second audience reaction to him singing that Barbie song versus what the second audience actually had to say in reality. He even highlights a great one-liner against him by Aaron S. Are you an only child? Will he follow in the footsteps of his most likely hero player, Jordan Kimball? and become the next Mayor of Paradise with his colorful narration style of play? Time will tell. I got to say, 
whoever went to paradise, I mean, paradise is already shot. Whatever the outcomes are have already happened. But uh, I have to imagine Braden dominated everything. I just, I can't see anyone outshining him. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited for mm, paradise. This you season. think he'll be the next mayor? King. The next like, mayor will have earrings. Yeah, I think he's going to do some some fantastic work. We will see. Uh, also, in Parasocial Plays of the Week, Make Me Stay Utilizer and our very first escalating earring player, Braden Bowers, posted his own Swan Song Instagram post, including all four audiences. The caption reads, Such an incredible time. I'm so grateful for this experience, and after watching it back, I'm excited to get back to work on myself as a person. I saw things that I both loved and didn't love about myself, but I'm proud to say that I at least recognized the person I saw on the screen. The experience was extremely challenging and pushed me, but in an interesting way, helped me overcome a lot of things that were buried that ha- that I had thought I had overcome through years of counseling to charity. You're such an amazing woman. And I'm so grateful that I met you. I want to tell you, thank you for getting me excited about the idea of love. Again, being around you reminded me of all the giddiness. That comes when you're following some, some fucking long ass caption. I put it all in, but <laughs> I know, put it all in pal. I had doubts that I'd ever be excited about someone. Uh, I worried for the longest time that my heart no longer worked as cheesy as that sounds. But to be honest, you helped me show you helped show me that it does. Although I couldn't overcome everything the show entailed and crumbled under the pressure, I will forever be grateful to you for reigniting that excitement heart emoji to the people that make this show what it is. Thank you guys for being so welcoming to me in the process. You guys all have amazing hearts, and I'm grateful for the connections that I've made with each and every one of you. I know that I can be much, so thank you guys for putting up with me. Uh, Crying, smiling emoji. To Bachelor Nation, the fourth audience, I appreciate all the love and support I've received from many of you. I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but it means a lot that many of you have come to my defense. Much love, y'all. Heart emoji, prayer hands emoji to the guys, the second audience. I'm sure I'll be seeing y'all. Googly (laughs) eyes looking to the right emoji. Uh, No smile face emoji. (laughs) Although my journey ends here. I can't wait to stay tuned and watch the rest of Charity's journey. I've said it before, but she truly is an amazing woman and deserves a man that will treat her as such. There are still a couple really incredible men left, and I can't wait to see who she ends up with. Watch hashtag The Bachelorette Mondays at 9, 8 central on ABC. That's actually 8, 7 central now. And stream on Hulu. Hashtag villain. Hashtag villain era. Hashtag earrings. Hashtag love. Hashtag relationship. Hashtag drama. Hashtag Braden The Bachelorette. Hashtag apparently there's a hashtag for me. Hashtag until next time. Heart emoji. Jesus fucking Christ. I now need to go take a three-hour nap. You did so good. Woo! <laughs> uh, tier player extraordinaire and creamy Caesar connoisseur Ashley I started a petition on change.org this week for her podcast co-host, 20th Bachelor and Golden Edit recipient Ben Higgins to host The Golden Bachelor. This is despite Dark Lord Palmer already appearing in the Good Morning America package about Golden Bachelor Gary Turner. The description reads, Ben Higgins, the lead of the 20th season of The Bachelor, is one of the franchise's most beloved figures. For almost a decade, he's been regarded as a gentleman and a sweetheart with wholesome values and an old soul. It only makes sense he hosts the upcoming franchise spinoff of The Golden Bachelor, which will feature a senior lead. It's his dream to help navigate this man in his journey to find love later in life. Ben connects easily with people of all ages. He's able to create a bridge between the franchise's younger audience and an older cast. There's few people that would be able to do it with the charm, warmth, and understanding that Ben will bring. If you think he would make a terrific host of The Golden Bachelor, please sign this petition. To make 
the Bachelor franchise producers consider it. The petition has currently a little over 4K signature. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I... I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine tighter skin or your money back get a 15 percent discount code by using the discount code game that's fiber skincare if you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor viewing parties i'm gonna let you in on a little secret i found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. 
and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Here's the problem with that, Ashley I. Ben Higgins, beloved though he may be, ain't got no authority. He doesn't give you a sense of being able to control the game or uh, any of the players in it. Certainly, he's not going to give you the sense that he has authority over a 71-year-old man. I believe DLP (laughs) is the correct choice for this. Up next, the Alpha Limbo Exit and rivalry player Aaron B. entered the parasocial arena this week in an Instagram reel. He posted a video of himself in a cold plunge to the audio, Am I the Drama? In it, he pops up a picture of his face play as well as quotes from his fight with Braden. Above his head, the caption reads, intrusive thoughts in the cold plunge. What is that emoji? Swimming pool? I want to say soap. Soap emoji? Swim- oh, maybe swimming pool. I don't know. Hashtag the bachelorette. Hashtag vaccination. <laughs> the reel has 16K. There's some emoji. Uh, the reel has 16K views and 465 likes. Season 20 rookie and possible dwab ender John Baresh posted his swan song on Instagram. Caption, studies now indicating fortune cookies may not be as accurate as they appear. Man, what a journey, what an experience. I think I went through every emotion possible watching my final goodbye. However, one stands out above all, gratitude, prayer hands emoji. Never in my wildest dreams would I have predicted that the shy, insecure, and scrawny kid from Minnesota was going to be singing and dancing on stage, playing dodgeball in a speedio, speedo, speedio, and opening his heart on national television. Charity, you're such a strong and authentic being, beautiful on the inside and out. Finding someone who shares the same faith and passions oh. emboldens me to never settle for anything less. To my guys, you are the brothers I never had but always wanted. To everyone who has been a part of this journey, I want to express my appreciation. Da-da-da, watch parties, comments, encounters on the street. Uh, my heart's so full. And lastly, to my sister, Kristen Lehman, I owe this entire experience to you. Going on it was your idea. The suits were chosen by you. And even my fortune cookie entrance was your idea. I know. I'm a fraud. Thank you to the best role model my journey on the bachelorette may have ended, but my journey from love is far from over. Love you guys, John B. 6.2K likes, 433 comments. Even this type of shit. I'll just say it again, Renaissance era style. In the past couple of seasons, when people came off and they did their swan song posts, it would be like, mm-hmm. had an amazing experience. Good luck to everybody. That's it. Yeah. Now you got people writing fucking novels to every person that four was involved audiences. in any way, all four audiences. Like the the experience that these guys had in the show, saying that he didn't write his limo exit. Yeah, I mean that that's interesting, but just the enthusiasm they have for the show for the experience mm. is different. These guys have even these as a villain. Braden is a fucking villain, and he wrote a novel about what a fantastic experience it was. You don't see that. You don't see that until now. Uh, all right, so all these were strong plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to season 20 bachelorette charity Lawson. other than putting on a bachelorette performance for the ages she went hunting goat 
hunting. She threaded this week, quote, maybe it's time we stop getting dating advice from unqualified TV personalities who like bashing women for the sake of views. Shrugging emoji. 306 likes. While we don't know for sure, we believe this post is a reaction to the comments by a certain male goat on his podcast. Nick Vial spoke in a negative way about Charity, calling her a pick-me girl and saying she wouldn't choose Doughton because he wasn't conventionally attractive enough. We've never seen a sitting bachelorette go after this sour grapeser, and we cannot wait to see this rivalry's escalation. Uh, congratulations, Charity. You take a shot at Nick Vial, it's, in my opinion, always a good move. Always <laughs> a good move. At the very least, you're going to get us talking about it. At the very most, you're going to get him talking uh-huh. about it. We will definitely talk about it. I screamed when I saw this. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. This is Renaissance era shit. It is. Strong pair of social work. Congratulations, Charity. And also, we had a great play. It was not human. The real man and wakeboarder, Aaron Schwartzman, attempted to break the internet with a shot of his dog, Millie, on Instagram. The underutilized rivalry strategist from this season posted an image of himself holding his dog, Millie's face, near the ocean with the caption, let's break the internet with this one, Millie girl. Uh, Tongue out, winking emoji. Although the internet is still intact, the post did manage to generate 518 likes and 20 comments. Congratulations. Now, let's move on to that portion of our program where Pace Case and I descend deep into the bottom of the pit to issue fourth hour screams about how uh, the show has taken over our lives for better or for worse. This is Screams from the Pit. My scream this week has to do with my travels. One of my best friends... Uh, since high school hamster is getting married later this year. And I went to his bachelor party in Puerto Vallarta this past weekend. This is why I was missing from Twibin last week. And I did not realize this, but I was the only girl at the bachelor party. Mm. And let me paint a picture for you. That means me and 12, 11 or 12 guys. Uh-huh. What does that sound like to you? <laughs> uh, a prime opportunity to start dragging people into the pit. <laughs> well, I realized that this was the very same ratio that a bachelorette has. And oh. while I'm not single and neither were any of these men, it made me realize what a weird situation it is. I've never been in that situation. I've never had that gender disparity before. And it is like you're juggling a lot trying to kind of fit in with what happens when a lot of guys are together and there's there's some testosterone energy. I learned a new phrase called gearing up. Get geared. Have you heard this? No. What is that? It's about like taking protein supplements for working out because <laughs> your gear. All right. I didn't know of it. That's I don't know, but it just, it was a hilarious experience to me and I had a blast and it just really reminded me of being the bachelorette and that's my scream. 
All right. Interesting. So you got a little taste of what it was like to be surrounded by multiple guys, but not in a competitive dating situation. But yeah, it gives you a little mm-hmm. insight into at least what the the surface level of that is like. Um, my scream this week has to do with something that I was I was really engaged with for a minute during the pandemic, and then I kind of fell off. But now I'm getting back into the practice of it. I've made a cardistry. Uh, well, no, I've never fallen off on cardistry. Only improving there. You should know that. But uh, no, I'm talking about astral projection. So <laughs> I know. Oh, even crazier than what I was thinking. I, isn't that crazy? I don't know. I uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, I got my hands on these things called the Gateway Experience. It's uh, guided meditations that teach you how to do astral projection. This is what the United States military used. Uh, to train remote locators. It's it's a, okay. a well-documented thing. And I was doing it for a minute during the pandemic, fell off. Now I'm, I'm doubling back down and I'm committed this time. I'm going to do this. And so I've been doing it for uh, maybe a week. And some of the old skills that I had developed are starting to come back. And one of the things you can do is kind of like think about a person or a place and and try to go there, try to see where you can go. You know, what if you could see what they're doing or you can see what's in the room or whatever. So the first thing that I thought to myself was, you know what? I'm going to check in on Gary. And I tried to astral project into the Golden Bachelor's house. And um, I don't know if I did it correctly or not. I got images of a wooden chair with like slats on the back of it sitting next to a window that had kind of a yellow, uh, almost like frilly curtain. It almost looked like a little kitchen window or something like this. That's all I got. I don't know if that's in his house or not, but I tried to use my astral astral powers, my projection powers to spy on the Golden Bachelor. That's when you know you're deep in the fucking pit. When you're trying to... um, Utilize when you're trying to train magic powers uh, to use it to spy on the first 71 year old bachelor. That's what I've done. Gary, if you have figured out the technology to listen to podcasts and you're listening to this, let us know. Did you see a pale face of a demon somewhere <laughs> near your kitchen window? <laughs> okay, first of all, thank you for the high compliment, pale face demon. I'll take that as a compliment. I know it is. But I don't think you see people when they're astral projecting. I think I'm invisible. Oh. But maybe you saw me. I don't know. Well, once a season starts, you should try it again and get into that Bachelor Mansion toilet. Well, eventually we'll be interviewing him and I'll, I'll ask him if he felt my presence in his home. Okay. But that is my scream. I was astral projecting maybe into the Golden Bachelor's home. Now we're going to move on to a different scream. As you know, if you listen to the show regularly, we have a Discord. You can access that Discord by joining us in the pit at patreon.com slash game of roses. Once you do that, you get access to this discord. And in that discord, there is a channel where you can upload your own screams one minute or under, and we play the best ones here today. Our scream comes to us from a user named smitch. We're going to play it for you now and we're going to break it down. Here we go. Hey pit. My scream this week is a scream of triumph. I was watching the Women's U.S. Open uh, golf tournament with my boyfriend this weekend, and one of the players who was having the absolute round of her life recently lost a grandparent, and the announcer brought that up in the broadcast. And my boyfriend said, without prompting, oh, personal tragedy card. I 
was stunned and overwhelmed with joy. I've been using Gore terminology around him for years, especially when we're watching sports that he likes, and all of my hard work has finally paid off. I feel like I could fly. Praise be our beloved game. And praise be my boyfriend for actually listening to me. Wowie. This scream has the tenor and cadence of a stand-up comedian. I love this scream. It's so funny and good. Loved it as well. It's proof positive that sometimes the dark energies of the pit can wrap themselves around you and drag you straight to the fucking bottom in the blink of an eye. And other times it takes a little longer. Other times the tendrils of dark energy have to slowly work their way around your intended target, but eventually they drag us all down. No one can escape. Not even your fucking boyfriend (laughs) while he's watching golf. And I would say uh, to Smitch here. Tennis? What's that? Oh, it's golf. I believe it was golf. I it was tennis. Well, there's U.S. Open golf and tennis. I think golf was mentioned. Well, I listen as well as her boyfriend. <laughs> I would say immediately make this boyfriend your fiance. Propose immediately. This is a fantastic scream. Yeah. And we can't thank you enough for sending it in and for using the terminology. If you use the terminology, they will descend. There, There is no two ways about that. Mm-hmm. If you just keep it consistent. They're already learning by osmosis. And it just shows like even if your partner is reluctant and thinks, you know, our beloved game isn't so beloved, just keep it on. Keep it on the background. Keep saying the terms. Eventually, you'll crack through. Indeed. And it'll be an even more <laughs> beloved relationship. <laughs> but thank you so much uh, for submitting that scream. And again, if you want to submit your scream, you just go to patreon.com slash gameroses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Get on that Discord. Fire off a one-minute or shorter audio clip. Scream as loud as you can, and we'll play the best ones here. But that wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you have enjoyed it. We hope you have a great weekend. We will be back on Monday with a Digging Deeper and a live show. And there's a lot of crazy shit going on these podcasts these past couple of weeks. Rest assured, this Digging Deeper is going to be some some wacky shit. But uh, we'll be back with all that on Monday. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,788 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 